0: of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place of Franklin Estates in the west end of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, August the 3rd. Camp is two days away, and uh, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about some camp stuff, some football stuff. Uh, We're going to get into um, some of the things we are kind of maybe um, thinking about, expecting to see, wanting to see, going into um, at least the, the three practices that the media folks get to see before... Uh, The curtain falls, and they kick us out. Um, Joining me on the show tonight from, God, uh, Fishersville? Fishersville?
1: Got it. Got
0: it. David Spence is back on the show. Welcome back, sir.
1: Thank you, Brad. Who Dave's on the board at Who Dave's on Twitter.
0: And Cavs Corner also on Twitter, Cavs underscore corner. Great place for our in-game updates, content items, and the occasional witty banter. Um been an interesting week for a variety of reasons. Some of them we won't get into. Um <laughs> but it, it just seems like with uh with camp kind of rolling around, um you know, I, I thought it would be kinda fun to to get together tonight and talk a little bit about um you know, kind of a kind of t- talk a little bit about like um what we're kind of expecting to see. Um what we want to see. Um I kind of think um, I kind of feel like what we we. One of the things I want to see, and I, I'll, I'll kick off the discussion here like this, I kind of feel like one of the things I want to see is where are the different linebackers slotted. Um, I saw Chris Peace, who is, was an outside linebacker, turned defensive end, apparently turned outside linebacker again. Um, kind of drag, <laughs> uh, one of the uh, other uh, <laughs> online publications that covers UVA. Uh, drag him a little bit about you know where he was slotted and stuff. I'm really interested to see how they shake that that room out because w- two things. One is they have different coaches, right? The inside and outside linebackers. So th- so I-, I don't I don't know what level of of um, crisscross there might be. I would imagine that some guys are going to be cross trained, whatever. But it does seem like to me that that's one of the bigger Questions for this defense I think everybody focuses On the depth piece And that certainly is big I don't want to downplay that But in that piece I ran earlier in the week I kind of made the point Like there are things To talk about other than that And the depth thing The injury thing Like you just can't You can't You can talk about it Like yep that's a concern But there's nothing else You can do with it You can talk a lot About personnel Who looks like this Who who looks like they could be better here there um, So I'm really interested To see where the linebackers Get slotted That's one thing I want to see With my own eyes I want to see guys In roles um, if I had to lay bets, I'd say Malcolm Cook seems like the guy who who will be one guy will be on the outside. You would think that um whether it's uh whether it's Peace or, or Corey Jones or one of those guys on the other on the other side. Um but the bigger thing to me is those that stable of inside backers, Kaiser and Bradshaw seem to be the most experienced gr- linebackers of the group. They're both, at least as of now, uh slotted inside. Um Will they keep Javonni Simmons there? Will they keep C.J. Stalker there? Um, I believe Dominic Shepard is there as well. To me, where the linebackers are and where they're slotted, that's something I'm really, really looking forward to. What about you, Dave? What is, what's something you're looking to to see uh, or to hear about uh, on Friday uh, night after pr- the first practice is over?
1: I mean, I think when, you, when you're talking – anytime you're talking about a 3-4, obviously, you know, the linebacker core is essential. So I am very interested in that as well. I mean, I think if we – I think if you force either one of us to make a bet, we'd both put Malcolm Cook at being the will linebacker, um, you know, to start the season. The question is who's going to kind of fill that Sam role. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting. It, it, the nice thing about the three-four is Ferber, who's not here, will pat him on the back for excellent piece again today. But the um, well, what will be tomorrow when you listen to this, I suppose the. There's a lot of versatility in the way you run a 3-4. So could they potentially slot a guy like Simmons down to the linebacker and use the Sam as more of a rush and run contain role um, and cover him up with a, safety, a strong safety over top or whatever it might be in the coverage? So there's a lot of versatility there. But I think no matter how – you can be as versatile as you want, but you got to have a good piece to be versatile off of, you know what I'm saying. Like you, You've got to have – good inside linebacker play and i think we're both pretty confident in that with kaiser and bradshaw and stalker in some sort of those three um that, that's a pretty good you know dual inside linebackers there if if you take cook to be the kind of the will guy um that leaves the leaves the, leaves the sam side and it, it'd be nice to know you've got to have one of those two set so you can figure out how we're going to help the other one. Right. So you can't be helping two linebackers. Um, so that is certainly of interest to me. I, I think, you know, the defensive line would keep mentioning just because of, I don't think the defensive line is as big of a question mark this year as next year. I mean, not to be captain obvious, but losing Wilkins is going to be a whether. God forbid it be before he leave academically. Um, the defensive line I'm really excited about with handback Brink. So I'm less, less worried about the defensive line than obviously the defensive backs with the talent we have there. And that kind of leaves the linebackers. Um, and the reason I'm focusing on the defense so much is I think, I, I don't think anyone thinks that offense is going to take a step back. So if, if you figure that offense is going to take any kind of step forward, if the defense can simply be as good, hopefully better, but even <laughs> as good Um as a transition to a new a new scheme right. that makes Virginia a better team, right. so right that's what I'm focusing on. My, most of my focus would be on the defensive side. Not that I get invited to practice, <laughs> which not, I'm fine with. By the way, not, don't think that as it's a, not
0: my fault, man. I mean, I would, no no I would, no,
1: which I'm fine with because I've seen plenty of practices in, under the London era. Um, yeah. that did not necessarily <laughs> translate to success on the field. So
0: <laughs> on the on the current uh, – yeah, Dave had this riff the other day in, in our text thread about how, like, uh, that didn't seem to matter then um, <laughs> that people got to got to come see practice. Um, so he was very happy to, n- to not come and see practice. Um, you know, one guy we have not talked about um, over the course of our discussions about the de- – well, there's actually several guys we haven't talked about. But I kind of want to flesh out this thing about the defensive line. Now, listen, I understand – that Dante Wilkins is the only guy you've seen on the field consistently, so that makes sense. I mean, even Andrew Brown, we know he's got a ton of talent, but we haven't seen the kid on the field, you know, for for what I would call consistent snaps, right? So I understand that the, you, you got Eli Handback on one side, who they, they have listed at like six four two seventy now, um, but Mark Hall is is down there at defensive end now. Uh, Najee Abdullah is there. Stephen Wright's there. Um, and then the, the Powers kid the, uh, from, from uh, Arizona State, the transfer, so he's 6'6", 290. So there actually are a lot of options on that defensive line. I'm not trying to make the case that Virginia doesn't have a debt problem because they absolutely do. I just listed off a bunch of guys who have limited eligibility. But the problem is, is that, like you said, you, you get the feeling that Deontay Wilkins is the most important player in the front seven, Maybe next to Micah Kaiser, and you and you have like nobody behind him that you think, yep, go play def- go play nose tackle. Um, I I I do think that after like after after Ferber's piece and talking to you about you know talking to you guys about it, I kind of feel like this this defense has a lot more versatility than a lot of people are getting are thinking, right? So you you obviously you want to have a su- a succession plan, and that's certainly where Bronco wants to take him But I, I also understand that like. There are there are options for them if something were to happen. So I, I don't necessarily think it's all gloom and doom on the defensive line. The other thing I'm interested to see, and, I, and I'm really looking forward to on Friday night, is seeing the defensive backs. Is Juan Thornhill a cornerback? Is he a safety? How how are they gonna how are they gonna use Juan? Because I think um, going into uh, at least going into um, uh, into this camp, he's actually still listed at free safeties, I, I just cannot believe that he and Quinn Blanding are not going to both be on the field among the, the first 11, right? There's just I, – yeah. I, 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 I find it hard to believe that Virginia's starting cornerbacks are going to be Tim Harris and anybody else without Juan Thornhill playing that other safety spot opposite of Quinn. So that piece to me is going to be interesting. Who is – who is it Lattimore? Is it Miles Robinson? Um, if 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 Thornhill's at corner, is it is it Rainey? Do they feel like maybe one of the other safeties – uh, can kind of plug in, um, and then the young guys. Like, does Jordan Mack get a run, get some burn? Um, we all know, and I think probably a good idea for me to prepare people for this. But um, <sighs> Bronco Mendenhall does not believe in redshirting. <laughs>
1: we should just kind of—he was ahead. right there in the first press conference. Like, you just he was very,
0: it. very clear about the whole deal, right? Like, he doesn't really believe in redshirting. His whole thing is, is that he wants guys prepared. He'll play them if they're ready. If they're not ready, he's not going to play. You get the feeling like it's like he he is the best of both worlds. If you're not ready, he won't play you. But if you're not ready and he doesn't play you, you don't necessarily get to redshirt. You just didn't play. Um, and then you earn that year back. And I know that for a lot of people, especially folks on the message board, like that's like sacrilege. The idea that like a smart coach with a plan wouldn't also want to redshirt all his players. So does Jordan Mack get some burn? One of the other DBs. I don't want to count any of the other guys out. But I just feel like we have a for the on the defensive side of the ball the thing i'm looking forward to most is probably the linebackers but i'm also really curious to see how the staff uses thornhill if he's even consistently in the same role because that was one thing that really raised my my eyebrows was when 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 uh, menenhall said you know you could see him playing multiple positions in the same game i think the conventional wisdom seems to be right that you you pick a you, you slot a guy on a spot and you leave him there you know you want him to get as much experience as he can but one thing that really stuck out to me about after reading Ferber's piece and editing it and uploading all everything, was like how versatile you can be with talent. And, and I made this point on the board earlier today. Like, I don't know, can we say that this is the most talented defensive backfield, the most talented secondary that Bronco has had, at least from a raw just athletic ability? I mean, have they had anybody like Quinn? Have they had anybody like Tim Harris? Um, anybody like Juan Thornhill? I feel like they're probably like kids in a candy store. On some level, you know they're 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 probably itching to to see what these guys can do, and I would not be surprised if some of these kind of more exotic looks, or at least in terms of uh, blitz packages, it involves different guys doing different things, maybe than they necessarily do every other snap. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, Ferber alluded to it in the article, like you know BYU wasn't a didn't force a lot of turnovers, but you know, as I have kind of nerdily dug down deeper into the. Th- to the three, four, which I did back in the day when grow was here, but that was, that was just a different concept of the three, four. Um, and a lot of that wasn't to do the fact that like everything you're doing now with that defense is different. It's just what you're doing it against has changed so much. We we think of Gro just like just being here, but that was many, many years ago. And you think about how many offenses you face now that are pro style versus when we've you know, when Groh was here, Georgia Tech was one of the few teams in the ACC running a spread style offense. And he did very well against them. Um, but we got hurt against teams that ran traditional offense. Um, so, you know, as I dig down deeper, you look into the way the secondary played, especially the last couple years at BYU. Um, they had a really good front seven. You know, so a lot of draft picks in the front seven the last few years. Especially for a, a you know, mid-major, if I even struggle to call BYU a mid-major, but that's kind of what they are. Um, you know, their, their defensive backfield did not match the talent up front, so most of the blitzes they designed had the defense, you know, had the backfield, um, had secondary playing a, a zone coverage, which was more about keeping you, keeping you from getting beat over the top. You know, running down that those two deep guys instead of breaking on the ball or trying to read the quarterback. Quarterback so it'll be interesting to see. Does maybe now with, you know, a, as much as we talk about the defensive backfield being the most talented they've coached, my guess is, just based on what I've seen on film, the front seven we have now is nowhere. I wouldn't say it's nowhere close, but it's it's. They've had more talented front sevens at BYU's last couple of years um, than they're going to have, at least on paper going into this year i think by the end of the year that might be that might change um with better coaching so will they will they use the secondary to allow the the front seven to get more pressure by creating more pressure on the back end so it'll be interesting to see how that works um that's the nice thing about the three four it it does have a lot of versatility you can do a lot of that stuff you can you know you can blitz linebackers and go cover zero you can go cover you know cover one um, but most of the 3-4 flipsing principles in the in the base 3-4 are based on a zone coverage on the back end. Um, but, you know, if anything we have learned from Bronco in a little bit of time we've gotten to know him is that he is not a, you know, a square peg and a round hole guy. He's going to adapt to what he has. So, I mean, if you had to identify one part of the defense that we're most comfortable with, it's going to be the, the secondary. Right, um,
0: right. Um, so no, I I
1: think a lot of what we do is going to be based on, on what they can do. And then you add in the versatility of a guy like Thornhill. Um, I mean, I know he's listed as a free safety. I don't know that it matters much if, you know, (laughs) because your free safety can, you know, can come in and play every down. If you want to go to a more of a three, three, five look, and then he's essentially a linebacker. So I think a lot of that is going to get you know kind of washed out here in the first in these next couple weeks of practice
0: i'm not entirely sure that their best lineup isn't wilkins brown handback slash power slash whoever on the line uh kaiser bradshaw stalker slash simmons slash other line other linebacker cook Uh, no no hold on and then basically the starting four defensive backs let's say thornhill blanding harris and um Rainy. Rainy. Let's say, let's say, let's say they're using Thornhill at corner, and then the fifth defensive back is is like more of a rover kind of guy, and it's Cook, because he's he's a perfect hybrid between the two positions. Um, if you think about it, hell, he's played both positions, um, you know, in, in his time in Charles Charlottesville. Now, granted, different systems, but I just feel like that three three five could be their best eleven. Um, it'll be interesting to see uh, what comes out of that. Or I guess I, I bet have, that that meaning's had. I mean, maybe they when they say before the season, they literally mean before the season. But um, <laughs> something else I'm looking forward to. Let's let's switch over to the offensive side of the ball. Quarterback, obviously, the biggest thing. Everybody's interested in seeing how that shakes out. Um, kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. <laughs> offensive line, uh, slotting to me is going to be interesting because I think that coming out of the spring, you could expect to see guys maybe move around a little bit. I think we all kind of agree that we we think we know the four. We think we know four of the five. We don't know if we know all of the f- all of them. You know. Um, I think we we all think the the guards will be Mooney and uh, and Smith. Well, maybe we don't all think that because I think Jack English is actually really good. Um, Smith and then either Mooney English on once and then on the other side, McDonald in one guard spot. I think we all kind of assume that Jake Feeler will be the given Broncos comments um, at uh, in Charlotte. That Feeler will be kind of like the the, the versatile kind of um, uh, utility guy. He can play a little bit of everything. Uh, Mateo at center. Um, my question is going to be, one, where is Feeler? Is he the other guard? If he's not, who is? Um, two, what's the second group of linemen look like? Who are they? Where are they slotted? That's that's my biggest uh, question offensively. I, I think I know exactly what we are going to get from the running backs. I think wide receiver-wise, I, I think I made the point in this piece earlier in the week about – um, you know they have to emerge. Uh, they have to step up. I mean, they just haven't been productive. The group, but they they are very very talented. I mean, if you look at that group of wide receivers, there's a lot to work with there, um, especially because Alameda uh, is is so versatile and can do so many different things. And you've got uh, Myzel coming out of the backfield. But to me, that that second line is probably the biggest question mark I have. And I think that's usually a sign that you cover a team is that you're not worried about who the quarterback is. I mean, you're worried about it, but like you're big, you're you're like really look, you're really focused on these like other details. Um, I kind of feel like that's a, somewhat of a precursor. Uh, what What about you? Are you on the same page with me that that's the thing you're looking forward to finding out the most?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, just to gloss over the offensive line, I don't know if it's a big deal where, where the second five kind of slots. Um, I mean, the offensive scheme we're running, you can kind of okay, be like, all right, the left tackle's out. We, we're making this alteration to cover him. So we're gonna go a little quick if we go left or whatever it is, you know. I, I think you can scheme a little bit short term. Long term it's a big issue, but short term game to game. Yeah, I think we've got a pretty good starting five if they all stay healthy. It's you know, it's if you get a prolonged injury. That's that's kinda where a lot of answers have to be made. But you I mean Touge's I'm really confident in him based on zero performance at UVA. I mean, that's just kind of, got <laughs> of where I am with that. Uh, I, mentioning Jack Powers, I'm a little interested to see what happens with Powers now. Yeah, I know he's offensive yeah, lineman. Yeah, kind of came here as a defensive lineman, but isn't I mean, it's a lot easier to scheme on defense than it is on offense. Like right. you still got to have five guys to block on offense.
0: Right.
1: You can run a two man front on defense in, in a pinch. Um. So I'm curious to see where he kind of lines up if he cross strange. but getting to I think one thing we've probably all kind of not thought about enough on the offensive side is versatility, right? I mean, we know, you know, we know, you know, no Oz is, is a, a Dynamic player he's gonna see plenty of plays but when you're running no huddle The whole idea of no huddle is not to substitute right so right. you've got to be able to be a threat running the ball you know catching the ball as a receiver and blocking so it's going to be interesting to see who of these receivers, and we've got some pretty good ones. Um, yeah, I, we're not Clemson level by any means, but you know, I'm pretty comfortable with the receiver position. But which one of those guys can be a a dynamic threat catching the ball, but also block to until to, to help out the run game because I think that's the guy who's going to get a lot more burn. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same goes at the backfield. You know, Smoke is obviously going to get plenty of time, but who's going to be the second guy? Is it? It's probably it's going to be the guy who can be a run threat, catch threat, and a block threat. Um, my my money is on Ellis, but
0: well, I, know, see, I would say Reed I would actually think Ham so. is is probably a little. I would think that the pecking order is probably Mazel Reed, my, Mizell, Reed slash Ham's Ellis. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I mean, if you're just talking as a running back, I think it's Mazel and then Ham. Um, but you know, if you're, I think Reed's a little more versatile. So it's going to be interesting to see what what you get out of him. Right, um, and I think that's a big deal to this to this staff, based on all my.
0: <laughs> all your. I, I
1: feel kind of you know <laughs> we started this whole podcast around the same time Mike was hired, right? So we're we're going through uh, our second honeymoon period with no, the coaching staff. So I'm a little hesitant.
0: No, I mean we, we 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 had been Mike had been there for a year or so when we started. Yeah, we the show. Had just
1: I think we we're we we're post post Chick-fil-A Bowl when we started this yeah the the
0: spring after the Chick-fil-A Bowl. so that was
1: yeah we were not we were not elevated we're not thinking of ourselves at all
0: (laughs) yeah right Um, we started
1: the hot water point and just stopped down
0: one other one other quick thing on the offense I I I, when when we were talking for uh questions what's a tight end do like how often is Evan Butts or uh Richard Burney or Brendan Marshall on the field now I know that the the Cowley kid has switched to Tanner. Cowley has switched to a wide receiver. Um, you know, that's six foot four, two hundred twenty pound wide receiver. And I understand that, like in the offense, inside receivers, outside receivers, I get it. Okay, but like, what's the tight end do? I, I'm really interested to see how much, if anything, like what's what's there. How do they how do they utilize them? How do they move them around? That's one thing I'm I'm also looking forward to. Um, that's a good
1: point, man. I mean, I keep looking at them on the roster. And thinking, which one can you bulk up? Yeah, yeah I think one of those guys is going to end up on the offensive line at some point.
0: Well, um, but okay. Here's the other thing about the offensive line. Like, yes, from a number standpoint, they're in a, they're in a bind. But they had the Bischoff kid. They very easily could use Feeler at, ta- at tackle if they needed to. Um, they probably could use Feeler at guard. They could use the uh, the um, walk on Trent kid. If they needed to down the road, I'm not saying their situation is good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not don't don't send me emails. but um, I just think that there are several guys that have not played much that you just kind of can't forget about. Now I, yeah. I, I understand like because Carl and Moni have been injured a lot um, and because of the general kind of attrition, I mean, think about it like this, if you looked at UVA's offensive line roster last year, it included Olerawaju and Tetlo. And Ryan Dahl, who had to give up, up had to give up football uh, due to medical. Um, not so it's not just guys. I mean, like look, i I understand that there's a very real reason that the, the that the the depth is such an issue. And it was totally mismanaged. Don't get me wrong. They should have recruited more. But dude, like, man, how could how could anybody I mean, Virginia has had the most like early retirements of of players due to medical. Uh, I've I've seen like that's three off of last year's group alone that had to take yeah. early retirements, basically had to take because of uh, medical issues. So, like, I'm not saying that that's that, three
1: of the highest re- recruited ones, too.
0: Well, I don't know. I mean, Taylor was a solid recruit. Well, Teller um, was. Sadiq was. Sadiq, Sadiq was, was a highly rated guy um, and, and a really smart, articulate kid who I really enjoyed covering and talking to. So, I really hate that his career didn't go there. But then, not just that, but like, think about, you know, back to Tim Quilina, you had uh, George Adiosin, who was, if you remember at the time, like he was a big get for them, considering yeah. all of the heat that was coming his way late in the process. Um, so, like, I, like I, I know the situation is rough, but, like, there are a lot of people like, oh, my gosh, we're not going to be able to fill the team. And I'm like, come on, guys. Like, they got, yeah, they man, got plenty right. of dudes. Yes. Yeah, and yeah, it's my, not. My like point you... with the
1: tight end was not we need to move one because we're that desperate on off of the offensive line. It's just do you need three tight ends? Maybe one of them can bulk yeah, up I don't the offensive I, I line.
0: I don't know how you – I mean, you already kind of did that with, with English. Um, I, I don't know if, if any of the current tight ends could really be moved. I think you're, they kind of are who we they want are. We want Marshall
1: to go quarterback,
0: tight end, offensive line. That's That'd be, That'd be something. That's one a thing trifecta. We, one thing we haven't talked about before we get into the prediction portion of the show, I do want to touch on – we have not talked at all about special teams the entire off season. I feel like. Now, at punter, I, I feel like you're, you're pretty strong with pretty Nicholas Conti. I mean, he's a common, yes. rising senior. Um, coming back off of, you know, and even that, they've, they've got... Uh, I know one of the Coleman kids, I guess, gave gave it up. Um, so Lester Coleman is back. Um, the question is really a kicker, where Ian Fry was really solid last year. A- Andrew Ranspacker from the Daily Progress raised this on, uh, talking about the close games. And I never... Th- when I think eight points or less, I don't think, like, a kicker would have made a big deal. I think, like, scoring touchdowns in the red zone versus kicking a field goal at all would have made a big deal. But... They have to replace a kicker, and currently, at least in terms of what the roster shows right now, uh, they only have two on the roster, Dylan Sims and Andrew King. Now, we know that Virginia has uh, Brian Delaney, uh, one of the best kicker prospects in the country, coming in next year, currently committed. Um, But as of this year, for this season, um, I, I mean, it seems like Dylan Sims should be the guy, but then... I mean, he seems like he's he was always the kickoff guy. I always get a little nervous when guys are like the kickoff guy and then didn't win the job to be the kicker, to be the place kicker until later. What are they going to do at kicker? That's 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 going to be interesting to me too, um, because I do think that for a team like this, you need every point you can get, um, and certainly uh, special teams. The the execution is going to. I mean, I think for a lot of people, the last like however many years, like they're just tired of special teams in general. Um, so that's going to be a big point of uh, of emphasis, certainly going to be a focus for fans early in the season. Um, so that's something else I'm looking forward to. Uh, I guess, I mean, return-wise, I mean, they have lots of options for returners. Um, Zacchaeus, uh, Albert Reed, uh, probably, I mean, you could see one of those guys getting getting some burn back there. And some of the young kids probably, too. Um, some of those guys have had some wheels. Um, so I guess we'll have to wait and see on that, but that's that's really the the place kicker thing for me is 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 something we haven't talked much about, um, and I'm definitely looking forward to.
1: Yeah, I mean I agree. I would prefer not to have a really accurate twenty you know thirty yards and end place kicker, so <laughs> we go for it more in that situation. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Sims Sims was really he's probably one of the better even last year. I mean he was probably the best long distance field goal kicker we had. So. In, in an ideal world, that's the only field goal kicker you need. So, uh, right? I, yeah, I mean, it's certainly a concern. But isn't this whole like, and this is something that kind of I didn't know. And I, I believe I saw it since the last podcast that the special teams at BYU were chosen by the players essentially. Interesting. Did, did I dream that?
0: I have not heard nor seen that, but that yeah. wouldn't surprise me.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what I read. I mean, I'm I was trying I'm trying to find the article now, I can't find it, but I've read somewhere that the special teams and I am I don't know why it would have been anyone other than Bronco I was reading about, that you know, the the teams kind of decided who played special teams. Interesting.
0: That's one of those things we probably shouldn't say publicly because like fans nope. would be all freaked nope. out. That's just me fandom. Um fans would be all freaked out and be like, What? Um like when, uh, like, la- like at times last year, where the whole thing was that like the the running backs kind de- of not in last year it was a couple years ago with KP, KP and and uh, and Mizell they like the running backs kind of decided amongst themselves like when they came in yes. and came out and I remember people like wait what, um, <laughs> but yeah that, that that that's interesting that'll be interesting to see, let's uh last few minutes here let's get into um let's get into some predictions, uh I'm gonna ask you a question and you give me an answer and I'll tell you why you're wrong no. Uh, I'm going to give you an answer. Uh, the fun part about this is Dave has no idea what I'm going to ask him. We're just going to toss out some and predictions really and or choices. Um, the first, the quarterback to take the first snap um, on Friday night is?
1: Friday night? Yeah. Uh, Matt Johns.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, the second quarterback to take a snap is? I'm going to go Connor Brewer. I, I would think so. I would imagine that they're the two guys who worked in the spring um, I do think you're gonna see a significant amount of, of Ben Kirk. I think they probably wanna stay. Well, they probably wanna kick the tires and see I
1: think you know, he's waiting till end. you guys leave to show him.
0: Um see I don't think so. See, I don't think Bronco's gonna play those kinds of games. I like I don't like I think he, he specifically gave us the number of practices he gave us and that's it. You know, he's I don't think he's ever gonna think about us ever again. Like
1: I, I really of course, do. you're assuming they snap a ball in first practice. I so. assume,
0: Yes, I'm going to assume <laughs> that they're going to play some football, uh, mainly because I do think that, this, that the team has done a really good job of – because I think if they – here's the thing. I think if they didn't think they were going to play football, they would be preparing people for stuff like that, you know?
1: Yeah, that's um, true.
0: But that's I also think, true. too, that like they would have – I don't want to say had, tried to send a message, but they would have been honest about it because, I mean, between Wintrick and – I mean, like, yeah, they just got their V-Sabres or whatever, but, I mean – I don't know. I, I, they're going to play football.
1: Um, we have no proof that there was any incoming first years that got were in that video. I could not find any. Could you? Because
0: I don't think they. I, no, no. I don't think the offseason. I think work- it's a different. I it's a yeah, different I game. yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't right. think the offseason workouts are the same. Um, yeah. But that doesn't mean. So that as first far years as we know, there's
1: no incoming first years that have qualified to practice starting Friday.
0: Well, I would imagine that they have tempo runs that they have to do just like everybody else, and if they do, yeah. then they then they get to practice. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll see. He d- he's not going. But you would not be shocked if you show up Friday night. I would and not be a shocked a bunch of guys in white t-shirts. Yeah, or all of them are running or something. Um, yeah.
1: Sorry. Sorry to step over no, you.
0: no, 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 no. It's okay. I agree that it'll be Johns and probably Brewer after him. Um, but I wonder how quickly, because I mean, they go Friday night and then they go Saturday morning. I wonder. It, it, how much of it ebbs and flows, or because I mean, part of this whole thing, Bronco talked about it in Charlotte, is trying to devise an actual way to split the reps so they can compete. He wants to. He he's got a short amount of time to 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 make a decision. I, that's why I think they have to play football. I mean, I understand where he's coming from, but like they've clearly done everything he's asking to do. Unless they came out there and absolutely laid an egg, I think they're gonna play football. Um, all right, your give me. Give me your your starters on the defensive line.
1: That's the easiest question you've asked me.
0: No, hold on. Brown
1: Wilkins Handback, no okay. doubt.
0: No doubt. Bro, okay. Now, how much would Jack Powers have to do to get in your starting rotation?
1: I don't know. the fact that he hasn't played defensive line since high school is probably gonna gonna weigh against him. Um and I thought handback had a pretty good spring and you've got two very established guys there. I don't know if Powers could get there, to be honest with you, because if I'm, if I'm coming at it from Bronco's point of view, you know Brown's got two more years, correct? I mean, I'm wrong on that. Um, at least I hope not. Brown does have two more years, yeah, right? Correct. Um, so if you figure Brown's got two more, Wilkins, this is his last year. Powers isn't going to start at defensive tackle, right away at least. Um, if Powers is going to start somewhere, that's probably where you plug him in. You know, assuming I'm not going to say it, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> assuming, assuming he wasn't there, but I think handbacks, your guy, you're grooming. So if you've got Brown, who I think is going to be really good in the three, four, especially the conditioning he's in. And I think Wilkins is probably, would probably be one of the better nose tackles that we had in the three, four. He'd probably be one of the better ones that grow had in the three, four, um, and just the way that the way you scheme it, I think handback's gonna have some benefit and some success because the other two guys are gonna get double teamed a lot. And look, powers is a lot of unknown, just but just because where he is. Right. I don't know I don't know if powers can can supplant him in this practice. Maybe he supplants him by the well, end. Well see the, see the reason
0: season. Right. The reason I ask is because I want to get a baseline on what our expectations are for that kid. I, we we got the sense that the that the the Cohen kid before he decided to give up football was 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 almost penciled in as a starter. I think a lot of us did, mainly because of what he did at Carolina and the fact that he played there, you know, played significant reps right uh, and during his freshman season. The Powers transfer is interesting, one because of the position change, but then two because not only does he have a position change, but he's got a program change, and like there's a lot that you got to do with this program to get up to up to speed. So the reason I ask this is that what I was trying to do is I'm trying to trying to trying to decide where okay where's the where's the floor for in this in, for us here with that kid and then how what do we think is going to happen from there I agree with you I don't think I, I don't see him you know supplanting um, say handback or, or whether it's handback or any of the other guys but I do wonder if situationally he wouldn't he doesn't get some burned because look. He listed 6'6", 290. They don't have any other physical specimens like that dude on the defensive line other than Dante Wilkins. You know, uh, Andrew Brown has, has – has, has, has look, he's significantly changed his body. I mean, he almost looks like an outside linebacker right now. Um, I mean, he's cut for, for, for a defensive lineman. Um, but even he's under that threshold. I mean, he's even listed at 285. He's probably more like 280. Um, so, when you look at some of the other guys that they have on the defensive line, they're light. They're maybe a little shorter. Um, you know, uh, at six six two ninety, if that's legit, um, that's something I feel like you can use. And what made, got me thinking about it was like Bronson Confucius was huge. Like huge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, he's a freak of nature. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to compare Jack. Don't, don't send me emails. I'm not trying to compare Jack Powers to that kid. But what I'm saying is that like Bronco – Has a knack, I think, for finding guys who are kind of different, special, and doing something with them. I'm interested to see what was the interest with this kid because they took they took a guy who was an offensive lineman and 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 took him on the defensive side of the ball. That's just that's different. So what what was the what was the impetus there, and then how are they going to use him? Um, Okay, you're starting two inside linebackers. I would imagine are going to be you'd pick Kaiser and Bradshaw. Um, Do you do? Do uh, do do C.J. Stalker and Giovanni Simmons both stick inside, yes or no?
1: I don't think both of them do. I mean, there's a part of me that wonders if Bradshaw can end up being your Sam linebacker. Um, well,
0: that's actually uh, – that's been interesting because I've been thinking about that too is that you could move one, him out and maybe turn things over to Stalker or Simmons inside or even to Shepard. I don't want to discount him. I mean, he got some burn last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I
1: mean, and there's some other guys we're not mentioning like, you know um, – was it Foy and uh, what's his name? Is that the right name?
0: You're talking about Joanne Moyer. Moye, thank
1: yeah. you. I, I think they have him. I think they the have him at head.
0: outside linebacker right now, which wouldn't yeah. surprise me. Him and Matt Trill both, um, but I also wouldn't be surprised if uh, yeah. if we're they not even to talking end.
1: about Chris Peace.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that's Go the on. thing is, that, like there actually are a lot of options there. I just I kind of wonder if if like you that Bradshaw. Um, gets a you know it's almost like a best 11 situation where they they give some burn to Bradshaw outside to see you know maybe who who could be inside with Micah. um and if that's the yeah. way it goes that's the way it goes the other thing he was telling to me is that Robert Snyder and Landon Word were both listed at inside linebacker i expected Snyder to be a defensive end type down the road um but Landon Word it's as a true freshman 6'3" 245 like that's a grown man right there um <laughs>
1: He is also, he is not talked about for what he brings. I mean, yeah, there's a he, a, that's the thing.
0: I think this recruiting class, while a lot of people want to poo-poo it, like, dude, like, there's a lot of kids like him. I mean, that Snyder kid is is legit too. I'm not saying like you know go out you know make you know all ACC in as a sophomore kind of stuff, but I'm saying like from a physical standpoint, they're gonna bring a lot to the table that this off excuse me that this defense hasn't had. Um, let's see.
1: If, yeah, I mean, of those four you mentioned, I, I, my guess is that Stalker and Kaiser would kind of be the guys who only train an inside linebacker. I think Simmons, you can cross train, and Bradshaw, you can cross train.
0: Yeah. All right. Who are your starting offensive tackles? If you had to lay money today?
1: I mean, Smith is one, no doubt. Um, I'm, I'm going through the I'm oh, drawing a blank Mooney, right?
0: I, well, I would say I would say English mainly because Mooney's coming off. Oh, English, injury. English. That's the name I'm thinking. Um, Sorry,
1: yeah. But no, that's English. It. I think English and Smith, and then Mooney's going to be your your backup for both of them.
0: Yeah, but I also could see that's going to be an interesting piece too. Like, I don't get the sense that 2J wants to play a lot of Iron Man, especially with the pace. So I wonder. That's one thing I'm really looking forward to. I, I guess I don't mean to go back into that section of the podcast, but I am kind of curious to see what what happens. With, that, with the offensive line in terms of, like, is he just trying to find five? Is he moving pieces in and out to, to – not necessarily to cross-train, but to, to maybe cross-train among kids, you know? So maybe guys are staying in the same position, but they're just playing – they're getting reps here and there so that they can stay fresh. I think that's going to be a big focus for them during camp is to try to make sure they keep everybody healthy. Um,
1: I mean, a lot of zone blocking schemes. So in, in some ways, you know, there's not a huge difference between tackle and guard. You know, as it would be in a pro-style offense, but obviously it's always going to be a difference. Right. Um, um, but through spurts, I think you can get by with a with a guy who maybe isn't a tackle quality just by scheming.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, last question, and this one should be easy. At the end of the first practice, will Bronco be happy?
1: let see. I would say yes because I, no. I don't find Bronco to be un
0: unhappy. No, no, I don't mean it by Well, I, I, here's the thing. I think Bronco would, if he if if he saw something in practice he wanted, expected more of the way. But I also think it's it's how you judge unhappy. I don't think you're going to ever catch Bronco where he comes into the press conference or, or does an interview and he's just spitting fire, you know, where he's getting testy yeah, with people. He's just not that kind of person, that. right? I, I don't think it's I don't think it's his personality to do that. I also don't think it's his the, his ex- expectations for this team. But I do think that he's going to expect a lot because. He seems like to me, he's that you know, that that quote the other day about the, the, the non essential season, you know, all the labeling, <laughs> all the work and stuff. Like when the when the when the clock strikes and practice starts, every the, the hourglass is starting to lose sand. You know what I mean? Like that's when the focus and that intensity in him I think comes out. I'm not saying he's gonna come out after the thing and be all upset. But I do think that he is going to be extremely intense. Because I don't think we've – that's when I think you go full Bronco. I don't think we've seen full Bronco. I, I, just just watching him answer questions at, uh, at, at the ACC kickoff. I just got I, – I, this hit me and I just thought about it more uh, since then. Like, I really think that that's when you meet him. Like, it's not – I don't even think you can compare it to the spring because everything was new and then he's kind of settling in. Now he's got a game to prep for. And I think when this man, perhaps for a game, when he's getting his team ready for a season, like his focus, that intensity, that 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 thing that ha- he has all the time, I feel like it's going to come out in a lot in a lot of different ways. Um, I, I'm really curious to see uh, what he's like after some practices in the fall versus what he was like in the spring.
1: I will tell you, man, and I would. Incur, I'm trying to find the video, but I have you know. As you know, but many others don't. You know, we all kind of in this thread we've been talking about these big articles Justin's doing, and it's led to me watching a lot of video in my spare time, and probably you and Justin as well. Well, obviously Justin, but probably you as well. Um, And I keep, I I think what you see from Bronco in the spring is Bronco, because I was trying, I was watching this. uh, But
0: keep in mind, though, he didn't. We didn't have a whole lot of access. So I don't know if now, we even got a chance to see him. You know what I mean? Well, like, he
1: had a lot of access at BYU just because they kind of had their own station, you know, everything else. So there's a lot of YouTube videos of him being interviewed by BYU people, like mid-season. Um, so I'm trying to think of the year here. Bear with me. So, yeah, 2014. Um, go to YouTube, and there, there's a video of him sitting down with the BYU beat person. I, I, I assume it was, like the BYU channel guy, right? And they started out four and zero that year, and you know, won at Texas, beat Virginia. You know, they, we went out there and they beat us, um, and then they lost three in a row. So this interview is before the Boise State game. So they're four and three after starting four zero, and he is as even killed in that video, and talking about how they're just one play away and everything else. Like so? I don't. I don't. I don't know who he's. He's an enigma because you can find video of him post game where he's so angry. But I think he's one of those guys like me who's very emotional in the moment and is quick to see the big picture afterwards. Um, so it will be interesting to see what he does. But I would not be shocked if, you know, if Virginia comes out and let's say God forbid loses to Richmond, he has a perfectly like oh, I saw it coming and you know I'm happy about this. So I, I don't know. I'm I'm very interested to see how that how that Persona that you see at BYU translates to a, a Power Five school. Right. Um, I still like. We are still Power Five, right? We didn't get demoted.
0: <laughs> Last time I checked.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, check that out if you can. I mean, go. It's a 2014 interview. Um, it's one of the first ones that come out if you put in two, four, 2014 BYU football on the YouTube. It's it fascinating. Put it in, into first. the
0: into the YouTube. That's because that... I'm pretty sure, that, if I remember correctly, didn't
1: Hill get injured right after our game? Like the next game after the next
0: that. game, I think it was a lot. Yeah. yeah, it was the next game.
1: So they lost three in a row. So obviously he's dealing with a lot at that point. But yeah,
0: well, like so I said, I, I, I think it. I, like I said, I don't think it's an anger thing. I think it's a focus and intensity thing. And I just, I just really believe that like this dude is ready to go to work. Um, and if, I, heaven help you if you're not if you're not on the same page. Um, but then again, I also think too that like he, like I said before, he's not the kind of coach who just comes out and and gets all rah-rah blowing smoke just because he wants to put on a good face. Like, I think he's just genuine, and he tells you exactly what he's thinking. I think he's very much like Tony Bennett. I'll, like, Tony wins a game against a top 15, top 10 team in Miami, and he's all upset, right, because he didn't think they played yeah. well. Um, I think that's what you can expect from Bronco. Like, he's going to be honest with you about what he th- – he might not tell you everything he knows, but he's going to be honest with you about what he thinks. And I think that part um, – is the is where I, I I just expect that intensity to come out because um, he wants this team to hurry up and get better um, because he I think he, he he's like he said he doesn't expect he doesn't want a honeymoon period he wants to win and he wants to do it right away um, and he's expecting his guys to be there you know he's expecting them to be at that level and if they're not I think that's when you're you're gonna see it and I, I don't think there's any way that they're there yet but I do think that they have a, I I don't know I give them a better much better chance than a lot of fans seem to I, there's a lot of talk on the boards about you know the idea that like it's going to take a long time and i'm not saying it's not going to take a long time i'm just saying like man there, there's a lot of talent here uh, competent coaching could do them a world of good and that's kind of what you're sort of hoping to expect uh, or i guess you're yeah, hoping to get
1: I, yeah i mean i think it's your definition of what what is the end game i mean i am a realist virginia is not going to win a national championship in football in the next 10 to 20 years unless unless 50 teams get put on probation um and that's not an indictment of, of Bronco. That's just the last not. What is it like? Non schools have won the last thirty t- titles. I mean, football is a different animal, and there's yeah. some schools with different standards, and that's just the way it is. So you might get a chance to play for it, but I would not. You know, if I had to bet a dollar to win him about it, it's just not very likely. Right. If your goal is to be, you know to win the Coastal, have a chance to win the ACC um, and make a BCS game, if the playoffs get expanded, then maybe you got a chance. And I guess it, it depends on which angle you're coming from. For me personally, it's just, you know, I, I'd like to be a 8, 9, 10-win team, you know, because have, we haven't seen 10 wins very much in Virginia district um, while maintaining the standards that set us apart from the other schools we're competing against. and right. Yeah, I think if the standards aren't important to you, you're never going to be happy.
0: Well, I think that's a a good place to put a <laughs> pin in it. No, no, I think that's actually a really yeah, made good cap. you feel like an old dude, man. No, no, that was a really good cap. Um, I think it's a good place to, to, to finish out for this week. We'll obviously be back next week after ha- at least uh, some of us have seen some practice time, um, some multiple practices, I guess, at that point, and we'll have a much better feel for uh, what to expect and how to, kind of break down the the lead up to the richmond game a month from today uh, i want to thank dave for being back on the podcast we'll, we'll probably get ferber back on the show next week hopefully when he doesn't have some softball game uh that runs until late uh but again thanks everybody out there for giving us a listen thanks uh i really appreciate your support of the show um so for david spence i am brad franklin publisher of calvescorner.com thanks for coming out we'll see you soon